Welcome back to the High Impact Physician Podcast. This is part three, kind of a bonus part of Sandy's conversation with Reverend Krista Gregory. In this short clip, Sandy and Krista talk about why vulnerability is a critical part of fixing healthcare. And Sandy really takes some time to open up about a story about an end of life situation with her son and a very interesting direction that it took. So really hope you enjoyed this bonus part of the episode. Hope you have a great rest of your day. I think that's why we broke in medicine. I think we just got, I, well, that's not why. I, I, there's many reasons why medicine is broken, but I think we have a culture where we just, we got too predictable and, and too masked in a time of masking. And, mm-hmm. and that it is, it is truly the time that we just need to be real, both for ourselves and, and each other, but also for our patients and families. Mm-hmm. I mean, families have expectations beyond reality for their physicians and their healthcare professionals in healing illnesses that we can't heal. And if we could begin to model a safe level of humanity, you know, a a realness about who we are, then our patients and families would understand that too. Years ago, I was talking to a patient's mother who said, um, you know, I want my doctor to be real with me. Because when a mistake is made and her daughter had had this daughter, this, this patient actually was a patient of Dr. George's from years ago and um, was not the patient in the story that he mentioned. But she said, my daughter had 62 brain surgeries. And you better believe that there have been mistakes made in 62 surgeries. There have been mistakes made. But when I have the doctor who comes to me as a real person, as a real human and says, here's what happened in surgery or here's what happened at the bedside. And I know that person as a human. I say, okay, so what are we going to do about it? And I feel like we're on the team together taking care of my kid. But when I have a doctor who's been standoffish and separated and pretended to be higher than mighty or, or just, just distant, and I don't really know them as a person, and then they come to me and they've made a mistake, I'm angry. And she said, I'm less likely to forgive because I don't feel like we're on the same path together. And I just thought that was so profound, what she shared. And I thought, that, that's what it is in any time in life. The people that we feel connected to can make a mistake in a way that we say, okay, well, we've got to figure this out. Let's keep going. The people that have distanced themselves, we have little room and little grace for them. So I just think we've got to change that in medicine. We know that when it comes to mistakes in, in medicine anyway. If you make mistakes, you're supposed to tell your families. But um, I think we forget that sometimes. And we lose ourselves. Yeah, I I am just having a flashback. It was probably maybe four or five years ago when we were having an end of life issue with Zachary, and it was completely unexpected. He was vomiting blood. It looked like that that horror movie. Um, I forgot. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris, uh, I forgot that horror movie where that woman's vomiting blood all over. Anyway, we got yes, into Carrie. the hospital. <laughs> Carrie, yeah, I knew it started to see yes. Carrie. Yeah, thank you. And I just, I was watching it and I, you know, that if all my, all our living was cerebral palsy and seizures, I was like, you know, I know how to do that stuff, but vomiting blood and it was all over the floor. And anyway, we got admitted upstairs from the ICU and his pediatrician came in. And um, as he went through and we were talking about things, he took off his stethoscope and he said, Sandy, this, this might be it. And I was like, what? And Mike called our other kids and we were making a plan about how to come together for this end of life. And I remember asking him, I said, I, I forgot to prepare. How do we do this? And he sat down and, and he just talked with me. 
And at three in the morning, mm-hmm. he came in and I was laying in Zachary's bed and he came in and he sat there for like an hour and a half. He didn't talk. He didn't ask. He just sat there. And I, I felt so seen and so heard and so at peace with whatever was going to happen. He scheduled hospice for the next day. And when he came in that morning, he said, Sandy, I just thought of something. And I was like, what? And he had a gastroenterologist come in. They came up with a plan. It wasn't anything very heroic. Um, did this little procedure and we were discharged two days later and Zachary did a triathlon. And I felt back <laughs> to that experience about when, when a provider is with you or was with me and was so centered, that allowed me and my family to get so centered. And when people come together to be centered, whether it was end of life or being discharged to do a triathlon, there is some kind of intimacy that is so real and so raw. And um, it was just an incredible experience that um, it made me wonder about if more of us could be centered when we're with one another, what could become available. And it will still include death and it will still be raw and all the things you described, but the experience is so much more intimate. Well, and to me, that's, that's what makes life so much more fulfilling. I mean, that's why a lot of us went into medicine. I mean, that's why I go work in a church, to be honest, I I wanted to be at a place where people couldn't wear masks. I wanted to be at a place where you couldn't hide behind a, a role or a, or a, an idea of who you wanted people to think you were when you're in the hospital and you're sick and you're going through tough stuff, you get it. It's pretty raw. People are pretty raw and vulnerable about who they are because they, they don't have any energy to hold back. And they don't have any energy to front. And to me, that's what makes it beautiful and exciting and complex and engaging. That's why I've always stayed in healthcare. <laughs> 